All right, President Joe Biden is under tremendous pressure right now to respond to a recent attack on U.S. soldiers that has left several dead and multitudes of them wounded in the Middle East. Meanwhile, here on the home front, we've got a crisis at the border of Texas, and this thing could get real ugly real fast. That's what we're going to talk about today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's going on, everybody? It is Monday, the 29th of January. We are about to wrap up the first month of the of the year of 2024. And boy, is it has it been a doozy and is it becoming one as well? Uh, we want to welcome everybody to the program. Again, this is End Time Headlines News and Headlines from a prophetic perspective, I am your host, Ricky Scaparo, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. Listen, if you're new to the broadcast, first time joining us, someone invited you in, you stumbled across us, you found us on YouTube, Rumble, whatever the case may be, we want to welcome you to the program. Uh, let us know in the comment section below of whatever platform you're on or listening from, or if you're in the chat room on YouTube, let us know where you guys are joining us from and where you guys, uh, and, and that you're new so we can acknowledge that. And of course, uh, we want to encourage you to download our free app. If you've not done this yet, this is uh, we want you to do this because this is going to ensure that you can keep up with our content. You can be notified of every headline, every podcast when it's readily available. And again, it's real easy to get. It's available on Apple and Android devices today. Just go to your Play Store, depending on your device and what you have. Once you download it, hit yes to push notifications, and you're going to be good to go. You guys watching the visual of this, just go under the description of this video and it's going to say download our free app right there's a link click on the link and it's going to walk you step by step to show you how you can get our free app and again don't forget to hit that like button hit that bell notification hit the subscribe button uh, number one it's going to help you uh, follow us here on these social media platforms but number two it's going to help push our material out on these platforms so listen it's no secret guys we talked about this many of the watchmen have noted this there is a new film uh, that is going to be released on the 12th of April of this year. So this spring, on April 12th, right in the same time frame, we pointed this out on previous podcasts, right in the same time frame of Passover, a major feast on the, on the Hebrew calendar, on April 12th, 2024, there is going to be the release of a movie called Civil War. Now, this movie, according to Wikipedia, is an upcoming action film written and directed by Alex Garland. Uh, the film stars a, a slew of different uh, actors, actors and actresses. But I'm going to give you the, uh, the premise of the movie. The, the film follows a team of journalists who travel across the United States during a rapidly escalating second civil war that has engulfed the entire nation. I want to say that one more time. Uh, the premise, let me read this under the premise. I'll show you this. Uh, again, we're looking at this from Wikipedia, so you can see what I'm looking at here. In the near future, this is what the whole premise of the movie Civil War is. A team of journalists travel across the U.S. during a rapidly escalating civil war that has engulfed the entire nation, struggling to survive during a time when the government has become a dystopian dictatorship and partisan extremist militias regularly commit political violence. This is the entire premise of this movie, Civil War. Now, I think it's very inter interesting that before we were ever informed that this film would be released in April of this year, all the talking heads... Many journalists, many bloggers, many political pundits, they all came out on their platforms, talk shows, whatever the case may be, and they began to warn that there would be, there's a great potential. Even the Department of Homeland Security came out and said this, that they fear that this could become reality. How be it? Because we are in a political cycle. We are in a political election year on our calendar. 
this November. We will be electing a new president of the United States of America. And because of all of the controversy that's centered around, and I'm going to go ahead and probably say that it's probably pretty obvious who the Republican nominee, presidential nominee, who's going to, who, who is it going to be? Donald Trump. We, I don't even, that's all I've got to say. And we already know the controversy surrounding him on the left and on the right in the media and the government, the, the elites, uh, and the, and the list goes on. I mean, just pull out a list and go down a list of all the controversies centered around this man. And because of this, many of these talking heads, these pundits, these journalists, whatever the case would be, they have been warning and saying that they believe that this could be, and when I say this, I'm talking about an actual civil war could literally be on our soil in America somewhere between now and the upcoming official presidential election in November. But I'm going to tell you something today from what I'm seeing on the horizon. Now we're today. I'm going to cover two different, uh, two different developing stories. One is international. One is internal. One is outside of our country. That's taking place. It involves our country, but one is within it's internal. It's, it's homeland things, but both watch this. Both are putting tremendous amounts of pressure on this current administration to respond in some way, form or fashion. So let's start. We're going to start today by going. Let's deal with the internal crisis. Let's talk about the the border crisis. So I've got a video here. I want us to we're going to watch this together we're going to watch this together and this is going to kind of give us a recap and then we'll kind of come, we'll just go right off of this and we're going to get you up to par what's going on here. Dramatic showdown over security at the southern border reaching a breaking point. Right now, Texas is telling the Biden administration to come and take it. Today is the deadline the White House gave to Governor Greg Abbott on allowing federal agents access to Shelby Park and Eagle Pass so they can remove the razor wire there. So far, Texas is refusing to let the feds in and has a coalition of 25 red state governors on its side. The whole think about it. so 25 governors are now all in support of Texas thing could now be headed back to court. And Texas is confident it will win. But the White House says Abbott is breaking the law by playing games. We will not uh, shy away from calling out what we see as political games from the governor. Uh, because it is not safe. It does not protect our communities. And that's who he cares about. He cares about the people of Texas. What we're seeing from Governor Abbott, you've heard me. Hold on, stop, time out. How does putting razor wire around the perimeter of your border not safe? Listen, the only individuals that it's not safe for are the ones trying to cross over the razor wire. This is just idiotic, guys. It's common sense. But, I mean, do we expect anything more from the White House? It's just, it's unbelievable that they would make such an idiotic statement. Razor wire around the border is not safe. For who? For those crossing illegally into our country? Yeah, it's not safe. You probably will get injured if you try to do it. But isn't it amazing that the amount of people that's getting over the border is dramatically less if any, I don't know if any has crossed over since they've done this. Let's go back to the video. Let me say this over and over again. They're making harder. They're making it harder. He's making it harder for Border Patrol to do their jobs. They need access. And right now, they don't have that. And it's under the Constitution of the United States that federal law is the supreme law of the land. And despite major media coverage of the governors who are supporting Texas in its fight against the Biden administration, the White House claims they know nothing about it. Does the president have any response? Again, unbelievable, guys. Unbelievable. They have no clue that 25 GOP governors are backing Texas. Really? Responds to uh, at least 25 Republican governors signing a joint statement. How many governors in that letter? I believe it's 25. 25 governors? I would say to them, um, 
that uh, are they, you said Republican governors? Yes. Does it matter? Texas Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick making a visit to the disputed park in Eagle Pass. He says razor wire has been very effective at repelling migrants. Listen to this, guys. The Supreme Court's ruling didn't say we had to take this down. It just said they could cut it. So they can cut it all they want. We're going to replace it. This is working. And in this park, there were thousands and thousands of people crossing every day. Thousands. I just checked. No one's crossed today. No one's crossed. They went from thousands to none. But yet the White House says this is not safe. It's not effective. And it's keeping the border agents from doing their job. Well, how's that working out for you? Again, unbelievable. We got it covered. Mr. President, Mr. President, you say you want to secure the border. Texas has secured it. Leave it alone. And just breaking, Border Patrol releasing brand new December border numbers. There were over 300,000 migrant encounters in December. That is the highest month ever. So they went from 302,000 in December to at, at least one day we know of none, zero. That's going to shave that number down dramatically. So why is this a bad thing again, guys? This should tell you everything you need to know about what's going on. And the and you have to wonder. You have to wonder why this is a bad thing, according to this administration. Recorded. So we're going to talk about all of And by this. the way, guys, I'm being facetious. I'm not stupid. Please don't email me, message me, comment, you know, and tell me. Why it's a bad thing. I understand. I'm being facetious. I'm just letting you know that. Jesse, I imagine there's not many federal government employees who want to go and cut this razor wire. Well, Biden's Border Patrol agent said they're not going to do it. So everyone is aligned against Joe Biden. Wow. Think about even the border agents are like, no, we're good. I know you want us down there and, and risk our lives. And it's not like we're. You know, the numbers speak for themselves. It's not like we're very effective doing it. So if they want to put up the razor wire and make our job easier, we're good. It's like the the the, the White House is fussing about it, but the border agents are like, no, we're good. We're good with this. Except the cartels. The Biden administration blinked. They set a deadline today. They said, we're going to cut it down. You better let us in. And Texas said, no, you're not. And it looks like Texas won the Mexican standoff. Good for you, Texas. Texas should continue to do this. Texas should lay down as much wire as they can and just dare the Biden administration to come cut it down. They should seize as many of these little migration choke points along the border as possible and just do the job that the administration refuses to do. You know who is really excited about today's developments? The Democrat mayors. Yeah. Because finally the border is being secured and they don't have to deal with the aftermath of all of this. Think about that. Think about that. The Biden administration has to answer for this question. Why are you collaborating with the drug cartels? Ask Binder. Say, Binder, why are you facilitating human drug and sex trafficking, trafficking yeah. into this country. Why are you doing that? And if she says we're not doing that and you just say, yes, you are here, here and here, she's not going to be able to answer that question. And they're doing it, Dana, in the middle of a crime wave, in the middle of when people's wages are getting eaten up by inflation and in, in the middle of a homeless crisis, they're doing it. And that's just crazy. The border deal they're trying to blame on Trump is garbage. They link this thing to the Ukraine aid. So all of a sudden, Chuck's cutting this half measure with a bunch of moderate Republicans. And what is the House Republican caucus supposed to do? Just bow down and say, oh, yeah, we'll take this, even though it doesn't build a wall or change asylum or do anything that we need to do to secure the border. Why should they go for that? They shouldn't. They should not. Um, I can understand that point of view. (laughs) Judge. Okay, so this could go back to the courts. But at this point, it does seem like Texas has the administration really in a bind because who wants to go and watch the federal government cutting down the razor wire? Because you know there would be cameras there. 
There are going to be cameras there, and they also want to open up Shelby Park, which, as I understand it, is right off of the river there where the illegals congregate and the NGOs come and they get the kids. It's like it's like a holding center where everyone gets picked up and then sent around the country. Why do they need that park emptied out? Look, Joe Biden is has done what a foreign saboteur would do if he were to destroy the borders in this country. The, the question, the whole thing begs the question, are we a country anymore? Do we have a border anymore? Good the question. answer is, if the federal government is not protecting the border, the states under Article 10 have the ability to do that as long as they're not prevented from doing it by the federal government. There you and go. so under Article 10, Texas wins. And if Joe Biden wants to continue to open this border, as Jesse said, working with the cartels, I've, I've heard reports that the cartels actually have drones flying over uh, um, our side of the border so they can check where Border Patrol is so they can send more people in. Uh, and by the way, drones are getting this administration in a lot of trouble. We're, we're going to talk about that when we get to the international conflict here. It's like drones are getting all up in this current administration's uh, business and it's causing a lot of problems. And, you know, we're not in charge of the border. The cartels are. Joe Biden has done everything he possibly can to destroy the borders in this country. And look who's coming. And again, why? You have to ask yourself that. Yeah, why? They're mostly males. They're mostly middle-aged, younger males. And if you think this is bad, with these numbers coming out of uh, uh, from December, 300,000, that doesn't include the gotaways that we know about. How about the gotaways that we don't know about? Yep. And wait until this spring and summer. If they're worried about Donald Trump being elected, they're going to surge like crazy. And every state that's a, that's a true border state should to protect its borders the way Texas is. Exactly. They should be taking note of what Texas is doing as a state and that is saying we're done. They're fed up with it. This government's not going to protect us. They're not looking out for us. We're on our own. Oh, and this is, I'm going, listen, this is all leading somewhere today, guys. Uh, let me go back out here. Then you have the, the governor of Idaho. This is one of the 25 governors who is he stated that he is sending state police troopers to the Texas border and issues a proclamation. Again, according to the report, Governor Brad Little is sending two more teams of Idaho State Police troopers to the Texas-Mexico border, according to his office that announced this this past Friday. The governor also issued a proclamation calling January Quote, Idaho stands with Texas in securing the nation's border month. This comes after Little announced in his 2024 State of the State address earlier this month that he would follow up on previous deployments. Little went on to say that the troopers will assist with controlling the border and learn tactics on police uh, policing human trafficking. Let me read this statement from him. Quote, we will work even harder to address the open border and its impacts because of the failure of the Biden-Harris administration to admit it's even a problem. Human trafficking is modern-day slavery. The cartel and other bad actors are taking advantage of our open border to manipulate and abuse the most vulnerable, including children. He went on to say that, quote, we stand in solidarity with our fellow Governor Greg Abbott and the state of Texas, and utilizing every tool and strategy, including razor wire fences, to secure the border. This was according to a letter that he wrote. Quote, we do it in part because the Biden administration is refusing to enforce immigration laws already on the books and is illegally allowing mass parole across America of migrants who entered our country illegally. Then you have this uh, report of this protest convoy. They call themselves the Army of God. This is somewhere around 700,000. Think about that number. 700,000 of this Army of God protest convoy that is already, and according to the report, en route to, to the southern border. Convoy of truckers will make its way to the southern border to draw attention to the worsening migrant crisis. 
all of this coming weeks after more than 300,000 migrants crossed into the U.S. in December. That is a record-setting month for encounters along the U.S.-Mexico border. Tom Dempsey is in Norfolk, Virginia this morning, which is where the convoy will be leaving from. Uh, Tom, you set the, the stage and the scene for us this morning. Who is this group? Yeah, well, it's describing this event, and the organizers are describing it as the Take Our Border Back Convoy, and they expect hundreds of people to be part of this. It's all starting here at this parking lot here in Norfolk, Virginia, in just about two hours. And like I said, they expect hundreds of people to be part of this as they get sent to travel across the country, all to put the focus on the ongoing border crisis. So after meeting up here in Virginia later this morning, this group plans to make multiple stops uh, heading to Jacksonville, Florida, then Louisiana, then to some of the uh, hot spots uh, regarding uh, migrant crossings, including Eagle Pass, Texas, Yuma, Arizona, and San Ysidro, California, where they plan to hold rallies this upcoming Saturday. Let's this- see what this is about. A trucker convoy of patriots is heading to the U.S. border with Mexico next week. As That would be this week uh, as of this recording, as the standoff between Texas and the federal government intensifies. The organizers of the, quote, take our border back convoy have called themselves God's army. They went on to say that they're on a mission to stand up against the globalists who they claim are conspiring to keep U.S. borders open and destroy the country. Quote, this is a biblical monumental moment that's been put together by God. Wow, that's a heavy statement right there. One convoy organizer said on a recent planning call, Quote, we are besieged on all sides by dark forces of evil, said another. Another went said, quote, blessed are the peacemakers, for they should be called the sons of God. It is time for the remnant to rise, end quote. Now, according to this report, experts say that the Christian nationalists, we knew that was coming, overtones in this rhetoric. So, Again, they've already labeled these as Christian nationalists. Why? Because they love our country, because they're tired of our country going to pot, going to hell in a handbasket, being overtaken, being destroyed from within. Come on. Because of that, because they're tired of that, and they're patriots, and they're patriotic, and they love the country, and they're Christians, they are, of course, Christian nationalists. And according to the, quote, experts, who are these experts well these experts are the the string pullers behind all major social media outlets they're the string pullers behind the big tech giants they're the string pullers upon across the mainstream media outlets they're all in bed together these are the experts and they say that these kind of overtones what overtones Again, the necessity to protect the border, the necessity to uh, to protect our sovereignty as a nation. These radical overtones and rhetoric is adding a dangerous dimension to an already fraught situation. Of course, again, in other words, translation, this thing is bad, but if you if you think it's a necessity to defend our country and stand up and uh, and to um and to actually have a voice against how this administration is running our country well then you are an enemy of the state you are uh, again a quote unquote christian nationalist quote when people believe that they are working on behalf of god listen to this guys real carefully here in fact, let me pull this up so you can you can read it along with me, because I want you to I want you I want Google and everybody else to see this is what they're saying. When people believe that they are working on behalf of God, they might be willing to resort to relatively extreme measures. You know, like extreme measures, like when John the Baptist stood up. And he called an entire nation to repent and turn from the wrath that's to come. You know, when like Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost and he said, repent and turn from this perverse and wicked generation. You know, a generation that was committing abominations. It was lying, stealing, fornicating, committing adultery, all these things. And when he stood up and says, repent and turn from this society and turn from these sins, he would be considered radical. And by the way, 
John was of God. Peter was of God. You don't think Jesus would be considered to be a radical? You don't think Moses would and Noah would and Josiah would and Zechariah would and Joel and Amos and Hosea. And come on, I could go down the whole list and the things that they told the people to do. Did you know that the new Jerusalem is going to have walls around it? Why would it have walls around it? Well, obviously, listen, God would have not put walls around the new Jerusalem if he did not intend for certain individuals to get in and want to keep certain individuals safe that's already in the perimeters. So how dare God actually speak to us today and instruct us to do things to actually defend, protect, or honor our families and our country? And by the way, if you actually, if you, if you're a Christian and you believe you're doing the work of God or working on behalf of God, you might resort to relatively extreme measures. Well, what's extreme measures look like? Well, let's read on here. According to Ruth Bronstein, who's an assistant professor of sociology at the University of Connecticut and author of Prophets and Patriots. Uh, make sure you run out and get that book. I'm sure it's just lovely. Faith in Democracy Across the Political Divide. I guess that's the subtitle. And listen, quote, and so you have a politically volatile situation that could become much more so in part because of this rhetoric. Again, this rhetoric of sick and tired of our country going to hell in a handbasket. If you actually make that statement, if you if you are uh, if you oppose defending borders, that kind of rhetoric, if you oppose uh, a, a communist Marxist nation, that kind of rhetoric. If you believe there's one God, that's that kind of rhetoric. If you believe there's no other name given under heaven into men in which we must be saved but the name of Jesus, that kind of rhetoric. If you must be born again, if there's no other way to heaven but through Jesus, that kind of rhetoric. Because listen, if we're going to push the buttons, honey, we're going to push all of them today. Let's just get it all out there. Get it all out in the open. That's what they're talking about here. According to the report, the organizer's current plan is for the convoy to depart Virginia Beach on Monday and snake down through the southeast, stopping over in Jacksonville, Florida, before making its way to several stops along the border. The convoy will then split up for separate separate rallies on the on the 3rd of February, one near Eagle Pass, Texas, a second in Yuma, Arizona, and a third in San was zero I don't I probably slaughtered that so forgive me if I did California a group of six patriot world influencers including Kim Yeeter who runs a self-empowerment self-help group and an anti-voter fraud group started organizing the convoy around a month ago quote God's army is rising up she said on the planning call quote we all have been chosen for this time and by the way I just want to let this be known. I have no idea who these people are. Never heard of them. Never seen them. Never listened to them. I don't support them, advocate them, or any of that. I'm only reporting what's going on today. Okay? Now, everything I just told you while ago, yeah, that's my opinion. And that's how I see it. And that's how it is unfolding. But as far as what these people are about, what they represent, are they... QAnon, whatever, I don't know. I've never, this is the first time I've ever heard of this group. The convoy was originally intended to send a message to the Biden administration to secure our borders. According to its website, it calls on, quote, all active and retired law enforcement and military veterans, mama bears, elected officials, business owners, ranchers, truckers, bikers, media, and law-abiding, freedom-loving Americans to join the cause. Well, we saw how this turned out on January 6th. I'm just saying, I'm not saying this person or this group was wrong or that group was wrong. All I'm saying is, listen, you can, here's one thing you can be assured of. They know every one of these individuals. They know their names. They know their social securities. They know their home address. They know where they work. They know where to find them. And every one of them that shows up, don't think for a second that they're not being tracked and heavily monitored and served and surveillance through the entire thing. 
Whatever happens, they're already on the list, friend. And by the way, I could see this. Now, this is kind of, I'm going to get into where I'm going with all this. All this was to build a foundation of where I'm going here. I could, I could honestly see this spiraling out of control. Like, watch this. We could see a, uh, we could see a, re- a repeat here in the United States of what we saw in Canada up north. Our, our, up, our, our neighbors up north. Remember when there was a series of protests and blockades in Canada against the want want mandates. You remember that? and restrictions, and they called themselves the Freedom Convoy. You remember this? This was back in early of 2022. The initial convoy movement was created to protest the ouchy-ouch mandates for crossing the U.S. border, but later it evolved into a protest about the want-want mandates in general. Beginning in January 22nd, Hundreds of vehicles formed convoys from several points and traversed Canadian provinces before converging eventually in Ottawa on January 29th of 2022. With a rally at Parliament Hill, the convoys were joined by thousands of pedestrian protesters. Several offshot protests blockaded provincial capitals and border crossings with the U.S. Now, as a result of this, The bureaucrats there in Canada froze the bank accounts of the Freedom Convoy leaders and protesters alike. You remember that? They froze all their accounts. They froze all uh, access to their money and their funds. Everything was shut down. Friends, listen to me. If you think for a minute that this can't happen again here in the United States, you are again naive and ignorant to think that that would not it will not and could not happen here this is what i could i could honestly see that happening now a former president of russia f- came out recently and said the obvious he said that quote the texas situation could launch a civil war in the united states wow Look at this. Dmitry Medvedev, the former Russian president and ally of current President Putin, made an ominous comment this past Friday regarding the Texas situation, saying that it could potentially initiate and start a new civil war in the United States of America. It's amazing. You, the, the talking heads and stuff here won't say that, but onlookers notice it they observe it they see this medvedev who currently serves as the deputy chair of russia's security council released a lengthy statement on x formerly twitter on friday reiterating his past prediction that texas would succeed uh secede from the rest of the united states something the state has no legal ability to do and potentially kickstart here it is a civil war I want to read this. There are known cases in history when some states try to break away from the Union and form the Confederacy. The end result was the Civil War, which cost thousands upon thousands of lives. Either way, America can face an unsolvable constitutional crisis and for long fall into the abyss of a new, possibly even more destructive civil confrontation. And the Western world, its breath held, will be starting at the American mess in fear. Well, it's their problem anyway. Again, this was from former Russian president. Now, is it anybody else out there think it's ironic, think it's coincidental that in just a few months, and it's been in the making that they're going to release a film that depicts a new civil war in America. And look what's happening inside the U S and we ain't even got to November yet. Look again, things that make you go, Hmm, either way, listen to me. All this is coming on the shoulders of president Joe Biden. What's he going to do? Where is he going to stand? How's he going to respond? It's going to be very, what's going to happen when 700,000 people 
these quote-unquote patriots convey onto the border of Texas. It's going to get, again, it's going to be real interesting to keep up on and see what this is going to do. Now, I want to move from homeland to international. Some new developments have taken place. Retired Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg is with us. He's a former national security advisor to Vice President Mike Pence, also a Fox News contributor. Uh, General Kellogg, uh, this is very concerning, this new uh, turn of events here. Uh, The commander-in-chief can't lay out his specific plans, per se, but he has to take a serious and targeted response. So what might the... Stop. He has to. A serious and targeted response. So this, this is what we're talking about now. That again, several U.S. troops were killed, multiple injuries. This is the most recent attack. Let's 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 watch this. So what might the military reply, if you will, look like, and and how many options do we have? Arthel, thanks for having me. Yeah, this is very very significant. When you lose Americans, and there's three dead, at least twenty five wounded that we know of, it is a significant escalation. Look, I go back to what President Trump said in his State of the Union in, in January of 2020 when he said very clearly, if you attack an American, your life is forfeit. Well, we've just had some Americans killed. And frankly, anybody who didn't see this coming in, in national security is a fool. We knew it was going to happen with the amount of attacks that have been occurring. We were just dodging the bullet. We were getting lucky. And it was caused primarily because of our normalization of activities. It was like, well, it's kind of okay to attack forces in the Middle East. It's okay to shoot missiles in the uh, ships in the Red Sea. It's okay for China to get involved uh, with Iran and Saudi Arabia in in conducting peace. Translation, our enemies know that we, they see our weakness. They see the weakness of our current leadership and they are responding accordingly. We've kind of taken a step back. Now the president's hand, President Biden's hand, is forced. In just a few blocks from here, in the White House complex, and the Situation Room, I'm sure they're thinking of what they have to do. They're going to have to do what Teddy Roosevelt said, our 26th president. He said, when you strike, you strike hard. And he was the one who said, speak softly, but carry a big stick. They, I don't, do not believe, Arthel, they have got any option but to go into Iran and attack Iranian targets. As Trace- Look at this. At least 159 attacks on U.S. forces since October 17th. Here's the whole map. You guys can see it in front of you. Look at it. It's spread all through Syria, Israel, Gaza, Iraq, a border of Iran. All this. 159 attacks on U.S. forces. Now we have dead soldiers. You said just a minute ago, all of these attacks on American forces in the Middle East, be it Houthis, be it Hezbollah, be it anybody else, they're Iranian-backed. And this administration has pulled its, its, its punches. And it can't do that anymore. It has to make a hard strike. And here's the problem we've had with normalization. Because when you normalize activities and kind of, kind of accept what's going on, now changing that dynamic is really hard. You can't just go tit for tat. You have to go up what's called the escalation ladder and make a significant strike, be it on people, be it on facilities, be on troops on the field with the Iranians, has to be something. The Pentagon is going to come up with options, and they're going to decide where they want to go. But my concern is this administration is going to take the hard option it needs to take and strike hard against the Iranians. Does that mean personnel? Sure. It could mean everything from going after Ismail Ghani, who's the current leader of the Quds Force, or even the Supreme Leader, Khamenei, or going after facilities that build the drones uh, within Iran, take out their naval facilities. They're going to have to make those decisions. But if they don't strike hard, they're making a big mistake. And I believe we're going to see a repeat of this in the future. Now, as a, as, as a response to this, uh, Senator Minority Mitch McConnell called for, quote, serious crippling costs to Iran, not only on frontline terrorist proxies, but on the Iranian sponsors who wear American blood as a badge of honor. Senator Lindsey Graham said in a statement, the attacks the U.S. has carried out on Iranian proxies outside Iran will, quote, not, quote, will not deter Iranian aggression and called on strikes to target significance inside Iran. I want to read, uh, this is Senator Tom Cotton 
of Arkansas, the only answer to these attacks must be devastating military retaliation against Iran's terrorist forces, both in Iran and across the Middle East. Senator John Cornyn said that, quote, he put on X, he just said, quote, target Tehran. Later, he specified that he wants the U.S. to strike Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps and its Quds Force Branch. Then there was this report from the Daily Mail. I want to read this. How drone strike death of the United St- of U.S. soldiers in Jordan takes us a step closer to World War III. As Trump has warned and Biden's response, I'm going to read this, could further drag in Britain and play, play directly into the hands of Putin. When you read on down in this article, it says that the British MP warned that the escalation in the volatile region also affects the United Kingdom, saying that it could become a necessity for Britain to get involved. Quote, it's important that British people understand this. This is one example of many of the new era of insecurity that we've entered and that we need to prepare for, said former Defense Select Committee Chairman and Soldier Tobias Elwood. Such concerns come amid fears that, listen to this, that the wars in Europe and the Middle East could proliferate into something even larger. Come on, wars and rumors of wars, nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Matthew 24. Donald Trump recently said this past Sunday, quote, we are on the brink of World War III. Here's another report from the mirror. Here, let me read this headline. Quote, Biden giving chilling nuclear warning over attacking Iran after a kamikaze drone kills troops. Michael Snyder wrote a piece that said, quote, are we on the verge of an apocalyptic war with Iran? I want to do, I want to point out something that he wrote in this article. Again, this is an opinion piece from Michael Snyder. And I thought this was interesting to note here. Those that argue military strikes against targets inside Iran are assuming that the Iranians only pose conventional weapons or possess, excuse me, possess conventional weapons. But what if this isn't true? In fact, for a long time, there have been many that have tried to warn us that this isn't true. The Iranians are not showing us all their cards and they have been preparing for this showdown for decades, according to Snyder, interestingly, interestingly, the Iranians just launched three new satellites into space. Quote, Iran says it has successfully launched three indigenous satellites into orbit using uh, a certain type of uh, carrier rocket, marking the first time the country has simultaneously sent three satellites into space. Now, again, I want to read on down here. It is believed that these satellites have been sent into orbit for the purpose of guiding ballistic missiles. Quote, we are so close to the unthinkable. Once missiles begin flying all over the region, the Middle East will never be the same again. Now, I thought this was the the timing of this was interesting to me Uh, in the midst of all this. Right. Again, what's going on internally? What's going on internationally? The Navy just came out and lowered their bar. Again, this the standards of enlisting has just been lowered once again. Let's check, look at this. Let's check this out. According to a new report, the U.S. Navy will begin to enlist applicants who have not graduated from high school or even obtained a GED. Why? The service continues to struggle with recruiting goals. I'm going to say that again. The U.S. Navy is struggling so much in recruiting that they're now they have lowered the standard to the point where they no longer you don't longer have to have a high school diploma or even a GED. Now, remember they were also they also put out a um, they they were trying to uh, appeal to transgenders. I mean this this is unbelievable. So again, we can look at this as a uh, as one form of desperation. But I have to ask, maybe you're like me and I ask the question, why all of a sudden do they need such, uh, why do they need to recruit members so desperately? I, listen, I believe that they know things that most of the general public don't know. They see things, they hear things, they're on the forefront. And if we're that close to a, again, a global war of this magnitude or even a civil war, 
what's it going to look like for America, guys? What is it going to look like for America? And I've pointed this out multiple times. Deuteronomy 28, Leviticus 26. One of the It talks about one of the judgments of the Lord is his hand of favor being lifted off any nation that turns their back on him. And he says, when they do that, he will allow their enemies to triumph over them. He will bring the sword upon their land. He will allow their defenses to basically be lowered, be dropped, and they will be invaded. They'll be taken over. This is very concerning. Then you have uh, you have this report, because we're still talking about Iran here. Top Israeli minister says the Iran is a legitimate target for missile strikes as fears grow of it. Here it is, an all-out war between the countries. So, guys, we are talking about literally World War III here. When it says the countries, we're talking about Israel, Iran, Syria, Lebanon, Iraq, Turkey, Russia, Britain, the United States of America, and all of these players being involved. World War III, and a top Israeli minister says that Iran is a legitimate target. He called them the head of the serpent. And this thing is just, and listen, this thing is just spiraling out of control, and we're only in the first month of 2024. We haven't even gotten halfway through the year yet. And everything that Jesus said, guys, let me close with this. Anyone else find it intriguing that in Luke 21, Jesus himself says in verse 10, let me go up to verse 8. And to say, asked him and said, what will be the signs of your coming? When will these things be? Verse eight. And he said, take heed that you do not be deceived for many will come in my name said, I'm he and the time is drawn near. Therefore, do not go after them. But verse nine, when you hear of wars and commotions, how many believe we're hearing wars and commotions? Do not be terrified. Come on. There's your word. There, there's a word for you. Guys, over 365 times in the Bible, it says, do not fear. There is a do not fear for every single day of the year of the Gregorian calendar. He says, you're going to hear wars and commotions. Do not be terrified for these things must come to pass first, but the end will not come immediately. I said, just because you hear wars and commotions, it doesn't mean the end is going to come immediately. That's that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said in verse nine of Luke 21, verse 10. And then he said to them, he, he elaborates on wars and commotions, and he says, nation will rise against nation. Come on, that's World War III. Kingdom against kingdom. And if you and when you go to the original Greek of nation, it's ethnos, where we get ethnic group. So ethnic group against ethnic group, kingdom against kingdom. Uh, you know, this, again, you could literally say, Ethnos against ethnos, or we could say civil war and world war. And there will be, and isn't it interesting, he goes to verse 11, it says there'll be great earthquakes in various places and famines and pestilence, and there'll be fearful sights and great signs from heaven. And I want to remind you and point out again, right now, in the midst of all the wars and commotions, and kingdom against kingdom, nation against nation, we are on the precipice of a solar eclipse that has not happened in a hundred years of a cycle, by the way, that happened during and in, in, in the locality of where this is at mimics what happened back in 1811-1812 where there was a, a series of, again, great earthquakes, mega quakes that took place on the imaginary fault line. You've got a massive comet coming through, a horn comet, that was traced all the way back to the time of the war between America and Britain. All this We've covered all this in these other podcasts. If you guys are new to our channel, go back and watch our archive messages. We talked about all this. So it's interesting to me. Wars, commotions, and then in the heavens, great and fearful sights from heaven. Friends, what am I talking about? I'm talking about Luke 21, 28. Jesus said, when you begin to see all these things coming to pass, Look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption is surely drawing near. Listen, endtimeheadlines.org, endtimeheadlines.com. Please 
Be sure to bookmark our website, download our free app, again, available on Apple and Android devices, absolutely free today for your convenience to keep up with our ministry. Download it today. Hit yes to push notifications. You're going to be good to go. Guys, don't forget to hit that like button, hit that share button, that bell notification. And as always, guys, we want to encourage you, if you've not prayed about becoming a monthly partner, listen, with your generous support, you help us continue to do what we do week after week after week. Please don't go anywhere. We've got some announcements, by the way. But if you would like to become or know more about becoming a partner, you could do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app. That's the easiest way. Or go to the main website. Or you can give right there on your, on your screen by check or money order. And you can make it out to Intime Headlines, P.O. Box 1391. That's going to be right here in Monroe, Georgia, 30655. So, guys, let me give you a little bit of a, a preview of what we got coming this week. So, we finished off Monday, tonight. Tomorrow, we're going to be back on here, Lord willing. 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, and we've got a, a, a an equipping message. We're not going to do prophecy. We're going to equip the, 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 the church. We're going to equip the saints. We're going to cre- equip the body of Christ. So if you love equipping, teaching messages, you're going to love tomorrow night. We, I've got a word I got into my devotional that I want to share with you. Then we're going to take a break on Wednesday night, as we always do. And then we'll be back on here on Thursday night and Friday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Again, Lord willing. And some either Thursday or Friday, I'm going to give you an update on the red heifers. Remember that? We talked about that. Um, there's a lot of chatter on that. We've got some more new updates on that. We're going to share with you with that coming up this week. And then we've got another word of equipping and encouraging. So we got two kind of prophetic messages or updates. And then we've got two equipping messages. So we're going to really try to bring a balanced approach to this week of podcasting. So we've got a full week lineup. We'll take a break on Wednesday, but we got tomorrow night, Thursday night, and Friday night. So we're going to sign off for tonight. Again, we love you guys. We appreciate you guys. Thank you for your prayers, your partnership, your support, all of this. Uh, again, we could not do what we do without your support and your prayers. So we love you. We appreciate you. Thank you for joining us tonight. We're going to sign off for tonight. We'll be right back here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, may the Lord bless you. May he keep you and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.